The following program contains graphic material, including offensive language. Viewer discretion is advised. Red Square. That's 
what Russia is, although you wouldn't know it from today because it looked very old school Russia. All right, I asked for phone calls. I see we've got Linwood calling from Virginia. Hey, Linwood. Linwood, you there? Uh-oh. I see you're there, but why am I not hearing you? Hello? Okay, well, uh, maybe he's not there. Linwood, are you? Oh, speaker's muted. Hold on. Let's try this. Maybe that, hold on one second. Hold on. I think maybe I muted you somehow. How do I unmute it? Uh, let's see. Microphone? No, speakers. Okay, hold on. Linwood, don't go away. You there? Sure. There you I'm are. Here. Yay. All right. I love it when I can fix a problem. Somehow the, the audio okay. got muted on my phone. All right. Now that now we're there. Hi. Uh, yes, I wanted to apologize for last week because I was trying to explain the context of why we're having these anti-abortion laws being passed. This is a and that whole the whole plethora of why the Democratic Party hadn't hasn't really fully aggressively protected those rights with impunity. Yeah. And you know, I, I should explain that in a better detail, but we had so much little bit of time, so I wanted to make sure everybody else got their equal share of timing. Gotcha. So I apologize for confusing you. Okay, no problem. Um, no, I think my to... problem, I think my problem was that you were sort of mansplaining things that you don't really have any way of knowing. So, you know, it's one thing to say, I believe that this happened, but to state it as fact as like, here's what the problem is when you were talking about stuff that yeah, I wasn't so sure about. But anyway, go ahead, start over and we'll take it from there. I was, you know, trying to explain why that was. Because the Democratic Party, you know, started really selling out its its supporters for corporate interests, even anti-abortion money, just so they can compete on a national level with the Republicans. Okay. And so this is why you're starting to see you started to see as years progressed, they wouldn't go to bat for issues of civil rights, voting rights, abortion rights. They would allow states like Mississippi to pass these laws that limits a woman's right to her choice of being able to either bring a child to birth or to terminate the, terminate the child. Okay, not, you're not like terminating. Hold on a second. Let's talk about our, our words, the vernacular, the words we use. You're not terminating a child. A, a fetus that's aborted is not a child. Can we agree on that? Not a child. It is not even a baby. It is not even a baby. It's a fetus. And this line that the Republicans are putting out there, that the Democrats, and I've heard it repeated I don't know how many times by now, and I don't listen to them that often, but that that those liberals, those Democrats, want to be able to abort a child up until the moment it's born, that is bullshit. There is nobody who believes that. But this is what they put out there and nobody challenges them. So when you say, you know, you want to abort a child, that feeds into their narrative. So really be careful about the words you use, because this is not a child. It's a fetus. Well, yes, ma'am. Excuse me for that, because, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, so, you Uh know, it's considered a child. I apologize. Um, That's this is why you're starting to see the Republicans control the narrative. Because I believe the Democratic Party has allowed them to control the narrative 
so they can become the welfare recipients of the same amount of anti-abortion money. Okay, you know what? Okay, Um, Linwood, I appreciate your calls, but you're speaking in abstracts and 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 and. concepts you're you're not giving me any facts and so i'm gonna go because this is not getting us anywhere no it's just okay but thank you for the call i, I and i'm glad you're thinking about it i hate when somebody gives an absolute this is why that's happening no maybe couch it in i believe this is why that's happening but when you go into all this you know they're doing it because they want to take that money stop you don't know you don't know you just don't know so anyway Hi, let's 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 start over again. So what I started to talk about before was that today is Victory Day. So um, the media was was twisting itself into a pretzel to um, say what Putin might do to mark to commemorate this anniversary when 1945 the Soviets defeated the Germans, the Nazis. There, right? Um, So we were told, one, he'll declare war, officially declare war on Ukraine, or he's going to step up the attacks. It's going to be horrible. Well, you know what? None of those things happened today. What did happen is that Putin had a little party in Red Square. Yeah. Um, He hailed his country's army for, quote, fighting for the motherland. He delivered a defiant speech at this annual Victory Day commemoration in Moscow that falsely depicted his invasion of Ukraine as an extension of the struggle against Nazism in Europe. We already know that's bullshit. We know that that's just his, you know, that's the excuse he's using for invading. Um, But here, reading from the New York Times, despite the rhetorical bombast and military pageantry of the day, which celebrates the Soviet defeat of Nazi Germany, Mr. Putin's speech was conspicuous for what it left out. Here we go. There was no claim of victory, no call for a new mobilization of Russians for a wider conflict, no threat of a nuclear strike, and no stark pronouncement about Russia being locked in an existential war with the West. But what did happen is Putin was hacked. Yeah, so that happened. So, you know, he delivered his speech. And no, I'm not going to play it. It was like 10, 11, 12 minutes or something of just, um, you know, kind of batshit craziness. But let's see. Okay, I think I do. Here it, here it is. All right, let me, let me try to pull up this video. So Russian television, of course, which carried Putin's speech on every channel, had something that looks like, um, well, y- there is no audio, but let's see if I can pull up. What what happened? Where's that video? There it is. All right, I'm going to show you the video that um, <laughs> that that um, was on people's TV screens. So it looks like this. And obviously, what, what's written on there is in Cyrillic. I, I can't read it. But you could see on, it's like on every channel at every time, it's the same phrase. And what the phrase that's showing says is, um, uh, it says, uh, on your hands is the blood of thousands of Ukrainians and their hundreds of murdered children. TV and the authorities are lying. No to war. And so, um, yeah, so that's what, that's what those messages say. That's what 
the Russian people saw on all their televisions when they went to listen to Putin's Victory Day speech. So, again, people are getting creative. I don't know if these were Russians hacking or Ukrainians or anonymous. Who knows? Um, Forbes reported this, and the report adds uh, the names of programs and their descriptions on several major Russian networks on different time slots appear to have been changed to display a message which tells the Russian people they are being lied to by the authorities. And then, according to a report from the BBC, the big channels, including Channel One, Russia One, and the NTV Plus, were all changed. And I love that. This is, you know, guerrilla um, uh, fighting at its best. So a guy named Francis Scar, who works for the BBC, in fact, his title is BBC Monitoring. And he says, watching Russian television so you don't have to. And he tw- he's at Francis, F-R-A-N-C-I-S underscore Scar with two R's, S-C-A-R-R. And he wrote, this morning, the online Russian TV schedule page was hacked. The name of every program was changed to, on your hands is the blood of thousands of Ukrainians and their hundreds of murdered children. TV and the authorities are lying. No to war. So that's kind of cool. So here's one of the things I was thinking about doing today. You know, I've called Ukraine a number of times. One place I haven't called to recently is Russia. The the only reason that I'm hesitating to even call is because if I do get someone who speaks English on the line, who's willing to talk to me, that that person could be in danger. And I really don't want to put anyone in danger. So uh, I'll let you guys weigh in. You can weigh in in the uh, YouTube chat room, on the uh, in the chat room at NicoleSandler.com on the Listen Live page or on the... Um, uh, or on the Twitters, you can you can tweet at me or Facebook me or whatever. Tell me what should I try calling? I, I I don't know, but I'll tell you what. While we're deciding that, what I do want to share with you is a little bit of what happened in Ukraine today. Now, in Ukraine, first of all, well, not necessarily today. Yesterday, for instance, uh, Jill Biden visited Dr. Jill Biden, the first lady paid a a surprise visit to Ukraine, yes? What? No? Do not call, do not call Russia. Okay, David says don't call Russia. All right, I'm going to I'm going to put someone at risk if I do. Right, you're right. No, you're right. I shouldn't. I got it. All right, I won't. I would love to talk to somebody, but I don't want anyone to get in trouble, so I won't do that. Okay. Um so anyway, what was I saying? So, um uh, okay, so uh, yesterday Jill Biden, she's already on a trip to Romania and Slovakia, and she takes a little detour to um, uh, to Ukraine and meets with uh, with Mrs. Zelenska because they they feminize the name like if you're a woman, your last name ends with an A, where Zelensky ends with a Y, but they're married, you know, it's a cultural thing. Anyway, um, so they had a lovely visit. And that was a nice surprise. That was that was beautiful. Um, there were a couple of other things, too. Um, and I'm losing. I can't find where that is. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to play for you a video. I'm not playing, obviously, the video of, um, of, of Vladimir Putin. I don't even have that video for you to see because I, I, I'm not interested. But what was really cool was 
to counter Putin's Victory Day celebration, um, Volodymyr Zelensky shot his own video. And in it, he's walking down the streets of uh, what I believe is Kiev. Um, I'm going to play for you this video. Obviously, he's speaking He's speaking Ukrainian. Um, there are subtitles on the page. I will read what he's saying for those of you who are just listening to, you know, an audio stream and not seeing the video because it's important that we um, hear what he had to say. So here's here's the start of the video. And, uh, well, it's written. Great people of great Ukraine. On August 24th, 2021, the whole country celebrated the 30th anniversary of our independence. Our soldiers, our defenders, our equipment were moving. Along the Kreshnyak, our Maria was flying in the sky. There's nothing more dangerous than an insidious enemy, but there's nothing more poisonous than a feigned friend. These are the words of the great Ukrainian philosopher Hyrily Somebody. On February 24th, we realized this truth when a feigned friend started a war against Ukraine. This is not a war of two armies. This is a war of two worldviews. The war waged by barbarians who shelled the museum and believe that their missiles can destroy our philosophy. It annoys them. It's unfamiliar to them. It scares them. Its essence is that we are free people who have their own path. Today we are waging war on this path, and we will not give anyone a single piece of our land. Today we celebrate the day of victory over Nazism, and we will not give anyone a single piece of our history. We are proud of our ancestors, who, together with other nations in the anti-Hitler coalition, defeated Nazism. And we will not allow anyone to annex this victory. We will not allow it to be appropriated. Our enemy dreamed that we would refuse to celebrate May 9th and the victory over Nazism. So that word denazification gets a chance. Millions of Ukrainians fought Nazism and went through a difficult and long journey. The Nazis were expelled from Luhansk, and the Nazis were expelled from Donetsk and Kherson and Melitopol and Berdyansk and, and other cities. The Nazis were expelled from Yalta and other cities and the entire Crimea. Mariupol was liberated from the Nazis. They expelled the Nazis from all over Ukraine. But the cities I named are especially inspiring us today. They give us faith that we will drive the occupiers out of our own land for sure. On the day of victory over Nazism, we are fighting for a new victory. The road to it is difficult, but we have no doubt that we will win. What is our advantage over the enemy? We are smarter by one book. This is a textbook on the history of Ukraine. We could not know grief if all our enemies could read and draw the right conclusions. On February 24th, Russia launched an offensive, treading on the same rake. Every occupier who comes to our land treads on it. We have been through difficult wars, but they all had the same final. Our land was sown with bullets and shells, but no enemy was able to take root here. Enemy chariots and tanks drove through our fields, but did not bear fruit. It did not bear fruit. Enemy arrows and missiles flew in our skies, but no one will be able to overshadow our blue sky. There are no shackles that can bind our free spirit. 
There's no occupier who can take root in our free land. There is no invader who can rule over our free people. Sooner or later, we win. Despite the horde, despite Nazism, despite something of the first of the second, which is the current enemy, we win because this is our land. Because someone is fighting for the father tsar, for the Fuhrer, the party and the chief, and we are fighting for the homeland. We have never fought against anyone. We always fight for ourselves, for our freedom, for our independence, so that the victory of our ancestors was not in vain. They fought for freedom for us and won. We are fighting for freedom for our children. And therefore, we will win. We will never forget what our ancestors did in World War II, where more than 8 million Ukrainians died, and every fifth Ukrainian didn't return home. In total, the war claimed at least 50 million lives. We do not say we can repeat, because only a madman can wish to repeat the 2,194 days of war. The one who is repeating the horrific crimes of Hitler's regime today, following Nazi philosophy, copying everything they did, he is doomed because he was cursed by millions of ancestors when he began to imitate their killer. And therefore, he will lose everything. And very soon there will be two victory days in Ukraine. And someone will not have even one left. We won then. We will win now, too. And Kreshnetik will see the parade of victory, the victory of Ukraine. Congratulations on the victory day over Nazism, victory to Ukraine. He's good. He's really, really good. He took this day that Russia was going to be, that Putin was going to be staging some military display, uh, you know, like what uh, Kim does in, in North Korea, showing off my troops and the marching and the battles. And, and he's going to say, and he did right there, shoot this video. Once you can tell he's a pro, one long take of him walking through the streets of a deserted city in Ukraine and saying some important words. You know, he said they thought we wouldn't celebrate Victory Day today. Well, we are celebrating because the Soviets did drive the Nazis out and we were freed. We celebrate, but we're going to celebrate again when we have a second Victory Day to celebrate. And believe me, it's coming. So that went on. I'm sure they shot it, you know, yesterday or the day before so that they could release it today. But so that's today in Ukraine. I'll tell you what else happened today in Ukraine. There was a surprise concert in the metro, in a subway station. And I'm going to put, um, I'm going to put uh, this up on the screen. Um, for those of you who are, you know, visually challenged today, because you're only listening to the podcast, the audio feed, or <clears throat> maybe progressive voices, you're listening to a, a stream instead of a video stream. I will tell you that this is a lovely pink lit subway station somewhere in Kiev, and who we can see right there are that's bono of you two on the left and holding the guitar that's the edge and then this um a ukrainian soldier walks out on the well kind of stage with them and they're all singing together 
end of this song but hold on now i'm gonna just i'm gonna cue in a little bit and then they'll introduce this guy for you i think thank you thank you to tell us hello everybody hello he's a rock star what? It's hard to understand him. The acoustics aren't great in the subway station. His name is... Um, uh, uh, this is wrong. It's not Tomas. It was something else. Togos or something. Topelia. And he's the lead singer of a Ukrainian band called Antilia or something like that. Apparently, he just did a song with Ed Sheeran. Go figure. So anyway, they decide to um, to do a song together. I'm not going to play all of this because it's hard to understand what he's saying. But let's listen to a little bit of the song they do together. Just a little bit. And I want to thank you. Want to thank to you. Say thank you for all of you to filming this, to capturing this. Yes. Uh, and as Bono said, for me, for us, you can say everything you want to everyone and it will okay. be heard. Something to so everyone. Got it. <laughs> and of course, it's very important in this train station. In the train station. When I was a young boy, and I was dreaming about music, about these stages here a lot of times, uh, from the school to the, like, my base where we played music, and there were a specialist that the station covered a lot of people from the bombs. And now, in this station, you two covering all over the world with their love. Okay, so with the love. Start to sing, start to sing a song. Yeah. It's okay, sing the song. Let's go. We really couldn't understand the speaking, but, you know, Subway. I, I want them to turn around and, and show the crowd. This is the Benny King song, Stand By Me. Wonderful, get copyright violated for this. So a little bit of a free concert there on a subway platform in Ukraine. I guess these days you never know what you're going to get. They did a bunch of songs, by the way. If you go to, I'll put a link 
um, on the blog where I post today's show. It'll be at NicoleSandler.com slash 5-9-22. And I'll put a link to a Rolling Stone article. And they've got a few different videos. They have them doing, um, uh, they, they, well, they, they did uh, With or Without You, Desire, Angel of Harlem, Vertigo, Stand By Me. And then when they got to the part, you know, um, Darling, Darling, Stand by instead of with me, they say Ukraine. Stand with Ukraine. Um, so I, I'll I'll put the link up. There's a, a few different videos on there, and you can um, you know listen at your leisure. But it was very cool. I mean, who would who would have ever thought that um, you'd walk into a subway station and see uh, Bono and the Edge performing. I'm looking to see if I if I can get a crowd shot here somewhere. You can see everybody behind them, like everybody in the audience in this subway station with their phones held up. You know, so they can all, like, who's going to believe them, right? Hey, I just saw Bono playing at the, you know, the pink station. Oh, well, so that happened. Um, there was something else I was going to, oh, I know what I was going to tell you. So, it, it, it came to mind while um, I was talking with Linwood. All right. So Linwood mentioned, he was talking about, you know, the abortion thing. And yes, and, and David, you know what? That is exactly what the revolution afoot is about. It's us taking back our streets. It's, it's, it's President Zelensky walking through the streets of Ukraine and doing a five and a half, six minute video in one shot and taking back the victory celebration. Oh, yeah, we're celebrating today. It, we have something to celebrate. We celebrated the defeat of Nazism then, and we're going to celebrate you Russians getting the fuck out of our country. So I thought that was awesome. And, yes, the um, uh, the, the the little mini concert there and Jill Biden showing up, that was pretty remarkable too, right? I, I thought it was great. Um but, okay, so the other thing I was going to tell you about, <clears throat> this is a total non sequitur. This is a total, uh, you know, sort of left-hand turn. But what the hell? It's a Monday and anything goes and the phone lines are open should you care to, um, you know, talk about anything at all. Um, <clears throat> there is a new craze <clears throat> that has taken over that has gotten a lot of people hooked. And I admit, I'm, I'm hooked. There's a game. You know it. It's called Wordle. Right? Do you guys play Wordle? So the way it worked is some guy made this game for his, I think his girlfriend or his wife. And it's a, you know, you pick the letters and you have six chances to try to guess the five-letter word. And when you go through it, it tells you which letters you got right, which ones are in the right place or in the wrong place or, you know, not at all. And you have six tries, right? So this morning, you know, I wake up to pee at like four o'clock in the morning. So uh, of course I take my phone with me in the bathroom. That's when I played Wordle this morning. So I did it this morning and I got it in three moves, three. But I thought when I saw the word, I thought something's going to happen around this. Someone's going to make a stink out of it because the word was fetus. That's the the five letter word, F-E-T-U-S. And I thought, you know, um, talk about topical. I guess now that the New York Times owns Wordle, they're trying to make it timely and topical. Well, imagine my surprise when I read, yes, Wordle, it's W-O-R-D-L-E. It's a game. They give you one, one puzzle a day 
And it used to be this guy. And finally, the New York Times bought it out for a lot of money, like seven figures. Um, And so now the New York Times has it on their website. And you can only play through them. And again, you get one puzzle a day. So everyone does the same thing. And then we all post, us nerds, post our winning puzzle thing on, like I post mine on Facebook. Because, you know, because I can. So for those of you who don't really know what I'm talking about, let me pull up. um, I think this is it. All right. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to show you. uh, I'm going to show you on my Facebook page. This little thing, the squares, the the thing right in the middle of the page. I'm I'm circling it, but you're not able to see what I'm circling. The, The yellow dots, the black dots, and the green dots. That's what we share. That's the completed Wordle grid, right? So I did it this morning. That was mine from this morning. I got it in three in three tries, right? But then I, I opened the New York Times and I see the headline reads, New York Times changes Wordle answer in wake of leaked Supreme Court draft opinion. What? What? So I'm reading, I read the article. It says, some days the wordle can feel serendipitous. Maybe you get steak as you're marinating some ribeyes for dinner or train just after you've settled into your Amtrak seat. Monday's wordle, however, felt a little too synchronous with the news and left the New York Times scrambling to change it in real time. The original answer on the day after Mother's Day and the week after the leak of a draft opinion from the Supreme Court that would overturn the right to abortion established Roe v. Wade was fetus. And then they replaced it. They replaced it. So when I did it this morning, it was fetus. And normally, if you go back in, it just shows you your filled out game grid. But then I went back in and it's blank because they, they, they disqualified my game. So I think we should play. All right. Nobody's okay. So let's play. So I'm going to give you all my secrets here because I usually start, I start with a couple of words, but tears, T-E-A-R-S seems to work pretty well for me. So we hit enter. And I see, oh, shit, it didn't do well for me because I got the E and the S, but they're in the wrong place. If they were in the right place in the word, they'd be green. So let's try um, S. I need an E. S, H, I, uh, E. Um, well, okay, I'm going to try S-H-I-R-E. No, because sh- no, that wouldn't work either. Um, I thought a shine. I'll try shine. We'll go there. <laughs> and I got it in two. And I promise you, I promise you, I did not cheat. I promise you that was luck. That was dumb luck because I almost did S-H-I-R-E and then I realized I already used the word R. I put in S-H-I-N-E and that was the word. I got it in two. two. Now you see how addictive this is? I promise you if you try it tomorrow... It won't go that easily, but that's how you play the game. I know you were wondering about that. That's how you play the game. Um, <laughs> I wish I always got it into. That never happens. That never happens. So there you go. That's Wordle, and that's why we're addicted. So now I feel like I need to share it. Well, I'll do it later. See? Pretty cool, right? All right. What else did I want to tell you about? Oh, I know. This is something totally Totally off topic, but I guess that's what today is. 
television. Um, yes, Chris, I'm going to get you into that. Uh, you see how simple it is, and it is addictive. And there's one puzzle each day. And then you share it. And people, if you go on my Facebook page, you'll see I put it up there, and then people share theirs with me. But, yeah, anyway, too much luck, not much. No, that's, it's, it is skill. Because I had to use letters that were not the blacked out ones. You can see what letters you haven't used. Anyway, all right, enough of that. I want to talk about TV for a minute. Because I, I, I'm a child of television. And there were two really good series that just wrapped up. There's actually another one wrapping up, like any time now. Uh, this Is Us is ending its run this year. I think it's five seasons. My, how time flies when we're crying. But they are tying up each individual story so beautifully that I really, I recommend it very highly. Two other shows that I finished watching this weekend that I got to talk about. One is Grace and Frankie. This is the um, uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin show. It's on Netflix, I believe. And, you know, it was a bit uneven. What happens is Jane Fonda was married to, oh God, what's his name? Sam, um, uh, you know, the the, the, the guy from Law and Order with the, the shaky voice. I can't think of his name him. And um, um, uh, Jane Fonda was married to Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen and Sam, God, what is his name? Uh, I'll get it in a second because it's going to bug me unless somebody in the chat room can tell me who it is real quickly. Um, God, what was his name from Law and Order? Waterston. Waterston. Sam Waterston. Thank you. Sam Waterston and, um, and Martin Sheen were law partners. They're lawyers. They were partners in a law firm. And, uh, uh, you know, the girls, Grace and Frankie, never got along because um, Jane Fonda, Grace, was very classy. Frankie, Lily Tomlin, was the kind of the hippie, you know, pot smoker, free spirit. Long story short, turns out that the two men are gay. And they're lovers and they love each other. And they decide in their late 70s to come out of the closet. They uh, decide to have a life together. The two women get the beach house. So they live together on this beautiful house on the beach. Looks like Malibu, but it's not because they think it's San Diego. But anyway, and and so it's their stories. You know, the two women, they make a vibrator for adults, you know, for senior women. They make the rise up, a toilet seat for old people. You get where I'm going. This is for old people. So if you're old like me, but it's Lily Tomlin and Jane Fonda. And it, for that alone, it's pretty cool. Well, anyway, the series ended. It's the seventh season. Actually, it was just really one last season that they split in half. But I watched the end of it last night, and it's so sweet. It's very, very sweet. So you're not going to waste your time with it, but it ends very sweetly. The other show, see, and Jan says, so old and boring premise. Yeah, it is, except it's Lily Tomlin. And I'm sorry, you can't go wrong with Lily Tomlin for me. The other one, the other one, the other show is called Better Things. And it was on FX. And it, it's this woman named Pamela Aldon. I believe it's A-L-D-O-N, I think. Maybe A-D-L-O-N. But she, I, she sort of plays a loose version of herself, and she raises three kids, a single mom. She's an actress, does voiceovers and stuff like that. It is such a creative, wonderful show. 
but it is a little quirky. But it ended. I watched the ending this weekend. And if I tell you, it was beautiful. So if you're looking for like good television to watch, I just gave you three shows. You can watch um, Better Things on FX. And it plays on Hulu as well without ads. Um, And um, um, uh, Grace and Frankie. Definitely uh, on, uh, on yes, Adlon. Thank you, David N. Adlon. So good. That show is so good. I can't stress it enough. Especially, you know, if you're a woman around her age with kids, it's just, it's just so well done. Really well done. I'll tell you what the show was created. What's his name? Louis C.K. was one of the creators on it. And then the Me Too thing happened. He was only listed as a creator. He only worked on the first season and then he was gone. But his name remains, but don't let that don't let that turn you against it. And then this is us is the other one. So all all good stuff. Jane Fonda showed up in Stephanie Miller. Durbin, what what is that? Better call Saul. Yes, Kim. So Better Call Saul now is also it sounds like all I do is watch TV. Uh, Better Call Saul is also now in its last season. It's going to end soon. So the question is, does Kim die or does she leave Jimmy now? Saul Goodman, because Saul Goodman, all good, man. Okay, so um, that's that. So some of you are watching Better Call Saul. Cool. All right, so that's my TV stuff. Somebody said Ozark. I couldn't get into it. I'm trying again because I heard the end was really good, but I I don't know. I'm on my, like, third attempt, so I'm not so sure about that. Okay, there's other stuff going on. Made Jen Richards a star. Okay. All right. I, I'm loving, I'm reading you the, the, I'm reading the comments. And Kim said, this is us is ending too. Ugh. I know it's sad it's ending, but Kim, aren't they doing a beautiful job with it? I think the way they're tying up each of the stories in this final season is just brilliant. You see, we need escapes. And with the news being such as it is on the weekends, the last thing I want to do is turn on the news or listen to it, or hear anything about what's happening in Ukraine, or what's happening in Russia, or what's going on with inflation, and with the price of gas, and everything. I want an escape. And I guess that's why I'm, you know, finding other creative outlets from the painting to the um, everything else. Oh, by the way, um, I, I'm all over the place. Black Mirror. Black Mirror is good. I haven't watched that in a while. But Black Mirror is is sort of like a, a a Twilight Zone, like it's an anthology. So each episode is different. So you're not getting sucked into the whole series. It's one episode at a time. I'll tell you what screwed me up over Black Mirror. There was an episode, and I think it was because I went back and found it, like the first episode in the third season or something like that. But in China, they are experimenting with these social ratings like social cue ratings kind of and they where you get graded on your interactions with other people i mean it sounds so out there but it's happening in china as we speak it was an episode of black mirror all right i am going to find it and i'm going to tell you exactly which one it is so you can go and look cuz i i spoke to tom hartman about this he he had taught he had written in his book about big brother about this program they have in china now where you get graded on your social interaction and if you're scored low enough you don't get a job you don't get good credit you it 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 determines everything 
and here I thought it was just the the um <laughs> the, the, the plot of an episode of of a kind of a creepy Twilight Zone-ish television show shows what I know. I like Mrs. Maisel too, Environmental Coffee House. I do. I like the first couple of seasons better than the most recent one, but yeah, I do. The other the other um show <clears throat> that we're watching, it's not very funny. It's sort of um it's like that dystopian part of reality that you don't want to really look too close at. Like, and it features this guy, this guy, you know how Zelensky had a television show where he was, he became the president of Ukraine. He was a Ukrainian school teacher and he became president. It's called um, Servant of the People. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. You got to read the subtitles, but it's good, right? And so this is sort of like that, where this guy was he he played a backbencher congressman from Florida and then he gets embraced pulled out of the back of the row for example by the then creepy president game show host turned president and elevated such that this backbencher from congress wins a seat and wins the governor's office in the state of Florida can you believe it it just is so Unbelievable. And he says stupid things like has an event, for instance, called um, Communism Awareness Week um, to make sure we never forget what communism did to us. And he gives speeches like this. You can see at a college campus students flying the hammer and sickle from what? the old Soviet Union flag. This sounds like you a boring TV show, right? That will have T-shirts with Che Kevara on the t-shirt. Che Kevara? You will see students che that will idolize people like Mao Zedong. Oh. Uh, that, to me, bespeaks of a tremendous ignorance uh, about <laughs> what those individuals represented and the evils that communism inflicted yeah. on people throughout the world. Okay. And so our goal here uh, is to stand for the truth. It's to make sure <laughs> that Florida every year It's a uh, comedy. Able, Who uh, knew it was a comedy? Truth. The truth. See, I guess if you figured out by now, I'm not really talking about a bad television show. I'm talking about a bad reality show. The governor of Satan, DeSantis, that's what it stands for, right? He, first of all, Che Quavera? Um, no, he, he, he did this event, like, you know, point, you know, pointing out the ills of communism and how we can never let it happen again. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then he's talking about Che Guevara. What? It, 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 the man makes no sense at all. By the way, that was today, in case you were wondering. This guy is frightening. Oh, then the thing about the math books, do you remember the math books that he he uh, unilaterally said, no, none of these math books are any good because they're all teaching critical race theory instead of math. No, they weren't. And when asked for details, he wouldn't give details. He wouldn't give examples. But some reporter did find one of the textbooks that was banned. There was one complaint from one parent that they found something in the book objectionable. We still don't know what it was, but it's a math book. And this idiot goes, whines like this. 
we're not going to let them inject ideology into things like math books. Right. So the Florida Department of Education flagged a lot of this, sent it back to the publishers. Bullshit. You know, the media was like crying, like saying they're like, oh, you know, you're you're banning these. No, we're not banning them. We're just going to we're going to do textbooks that suit our thing. You would never tell us what was in them. You just said they're banned, but didn't say what the offending section of the book was. Never. They still haven't, by the way. It's almost like YouTube. When YouTube issues a copyright violation and they'll say, um, you, you, <laughs> you, you use somebody's copyrighted material, but they don't tell you whose or what. Or they might tell you who. They'll give you the name of some publishing company. And you have no idea what clip they're referring to. So there's no way to fight back because you don't know what it was that you played. That's the kind of shit they're doing. Yeah, critical race theory, my ass. Or, you know, you remember this one? This was this is one of his greatest hits. This is the governor of Satan. And so if a government agency in the state of Florida uh, forces uh, a vaccine as a condition to employment, that violates Florida law. Yeah. And you will face. Unbelievable. And you will face a $5,000 fine for every single violation. A $5,000 fine. For every single violation, this was for either having a mask mandate in place or something similar. That's what that was about now. So they find this, the, the county of, I think it's Leon County, which is a small county. It's where Tallahassee is. The fines for, I think it was 714 violations where they put in a mask mandate. Um, cost this county, this little county in Florida, over $3 million. So they don't have money now because they had to pay the state these fines. They don't have money to fund the school year. So there's a parent up there who just started a GoFundMe in order to help pay the teachers the bonuses they're due. But they're not getting because Governor Satan fuck. Uh, levy these fines against them for trying to protect the children. That's the kind of shit that's uh, that's going on here. That's the kind of crap that this guy is doing. There's one other thing I, I do want to play for you. Um, I see we've got a call. Um, you know what? Uh, call her. Hold on just a minute because uh, or call back in a minute because I, I want to play this video. I've been holding on to this for days. Um, it's Ellie Mastall explaining something. So you may recall last week, once again, the, you know, Joe Biden wanted to do away with the, I think it's called Title 42. That's the remain in Mexico policy that um, Dump put into place uh, to, because ostensibly because of COVID, because people were getting infected. So instead of having them come in across the border to uh, seek asylum, they had to file everything while they remain in Mexico, right? And so he wanted to get rid of it and got pushback from Texas authorities, Arizona authorities, even some Democrats, believe it or not. So Ellie Mastall did what any good lawyer would do, and he explained it for us in terms that, well, 
that even I can understand. So take it away, Ellie. Please explain Quick it. Quick thing on Biden v. Texas, the big yeah. Remain in Mexico Supreme Court oral yeah. argument that happened yeah. today. But I don't have fancy video editing skills, so bear with me. We'll see if this works. Okay, so this is Solicitor General Elizabeth <laughs> Freelogger, who argues on Batman. behalf of the Biden administration. It's Batman. She's a total badass. Right. And she says, okay, we're not doing Remain in Mexico anymore okay. because the policy is trash and the statute says we may send people back to Mexico, not we shall send people ah, back to Mexico. Got it. So then... Solicitor General of Texas, Judge Stone, says, Yee-haw! Oh. I'm the Solicitor General. <laughs> we horse. gotta send them Mexicans back to Mexico. And Prelogger says, Well, most of them aren't even Mexicans, <laughs> you, ju- you jerk. Well, put them in jail then. Yee-haw! And then John Roberts shows up. And he's okay, I, for those of you who are just listening to the audio, I need to explain. So, Ellie Mistal is shooting a video, and he's using, for the first guy, a Batman action figure... The, the second guy was a horse. This one, I'm not sure what that is. I think it's a potato chip. But just, I wanted you to get the visual. Okay, got it? All right, let's go. Like, come on, kids. Oh, it's we a piece of bread. It's white America bread. Duh. Doesn't have enough jail space to put everybody <laughs> in jail. It's white bread. So then Clarence Thomas comes up, and he's like, well, uh, actually, oh, Clarence John, Thomas. Uh, my wife, who I never, ever talked to about this stuff. He's a Dalmatian. She says, the statute says we shall jail people, so they have to go to jail. That's an order, mister. I mean, she says, I mean, not to me. <laughs> so, yeah. And the prelogger says, well, okay, well, again, we don't have the jail space. Right. And then Sam Alito shows up and he's like, how is that my <laughs> fucking problem? <laughs> Prelogger's like, that's a very good point, Mr. Justice mm-hmm. Alito. But since we can't do anything about that, we just decided to jail the super bad ones. And Kavanaugh's like, yo, oh, Corona. Bro, for real, though? <laughs> Like, how do you even decide who the good dudes are or the good hombres are, as me and Squee used to say, am I right? Right. And she's like, are you dressed like a Corona bottle? And he's (laughs) like, well, you know, the man in Mexico. And she's like, they're Guatemalan. And then Elena Kagan comes in. Elena Kagan is a dragon. Why are you so stupid? Why are you so stupid? This is all dumb. How can Texas order the president to negotiate a treaty with Mexico that's just dumb. And Breyer's like, can I ask a hypothetical? Charlie Brown. And Kogan's like, no, don't encourage him. Of course you can't ask a hypothetical. And Sotomayor is like, this is all very, it's an owl. very cruel. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, it is. I like being cruel. And she's like, that's not a compliment. So then at the end, Amy Coney Barrett is like, ooh. It's a Does cross. Does Biden get to decide <laughs> what's in the best interest of the public? And Freelogger's like, uh, Justice Barrett, I don't think Jesus gets to... Wait, did you say, why does Biden get to decide? <laughs> yes, that's what I said. Ooh. Holy shit, am I winning? You are totally winning. <laughs> yeah, no, White you're bread. totally winning. I've been saying that from the beginning. That's not fair. How am I losing? So <laughs> And that's how it ends. It's a TikTok video. I guess maybe it was a little too visual. I hope <laughs> I hope my descriptions helped. But but if not, I will post that video as well over on the blog where I where I'm going to post uh, the the Zelensky video and you know other things that I said I'd post if I remember to post them today. Um, Ellie Mistal is that rare combination of very smart, very funny, and 
just a little bit off-center silly, which is so important because this was brilliant. So he decided to do an explainer of the Remain in Mexico policy, which makes no sense at all, and do it on TikTok using as action figures a Batman, a horse, a snake, an owl, a bottle of Corona beer, and a piece of white bread. <laughs> you need to see the video. I promise you it, it will be worth it. So, um, all right. So that's what we got for you. I, I had other stuff. Let, let me let me take a, a gander at, at today's news because there's other shit going on. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm trying to um, ignore the, uh, the abortion stuff because there's nothing new to tell you other than I believe this coming weekend there will be more protests. Um, I keep hearing inklings of things. I heard there was going to be um, the beginnings of a, like a mass general strike on Mother's Day. Mother's Day was yesterday, and we're not striking. Yeah, see, now I'm seeing delayed reaction in the chat room, right? It was funny, right? I knew it was funny. I feel sometimes I feel, you know, because I don't get immediate feedback and feel like, all right, I'm just talking into the ether here. Um, anyway, uh, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on uh, something, somebody to organ. We're bubbling again. Great. I, I did, just so you know, I did put in a, a technical support. I opened a ticket with the company that makes this, um, oh, it, the software, because I believe it's software that's, that the problem is, um, not the, um, uh, I don't think it's my mixer. I think it's my software, but I, I've, got a, I've got a message into them. You know, when you do it on a shoestring budget, um, yeah, uh, yeah, you 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 take the 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 tech support you can get. You you go into war with the tech support you have, not the tech support you wish you had. I wish I had. Yeah, it was funny, right, Lauren? See, it was funny. I knew it was funny. Yes, and a few people work on Sunday. Oh, I see. Need a Monday or Friday? But kimchi. What they were saying is. It would start on Sunday and keep going. And I really do think uh, we, we need to keep going. Yeah, I'm not sure what's doing the, the, um, the gurgling sound, too. It only comes through my encoder, the, the thing that, um, that uh, you know, the interface, the software I use to stream, it streams video. It's in there somewhere. Something is off where every now and then for... 30 seconds or something, I get all gurgly. How much money do I need? <laughs> That's an ongoing question. I guess this would be a good time to say, hey, this show runs without a paywall and really without commercials. Um, so what I do su subside on is your generosity and your donations. So, um, uh, you know, and somebody canceled a monthly ongoing donation today. So I, re I really need to, you know, make up for the ones that go away and then get some new ones. So if you enjoy the show and don't make today, you know, <laughs> a barometer of what the show usually is. Today was, you know, Monday, a real Monday. Um, uh, please do um, donate. There's a, there's a donate page at NicoleSandler.com. There are other ways to support the show too. You can do a monthly donation where it just chips in five, 10, 25 bucks each month, whatever you can afford. Uh, you can do a one-time thing or you can commission a painting. 
Um, if you follow Stephanie Miller, you'll see this afternoon she's sharing a new painting I did. You know, she just lost her um, her dog Jamie Summers died suddenly, and so I painted her for her. And actually, if you see this painting, she just got it yesterday or Saturday, whenever it showed up in the mail. And um, well, that, there's the, the painting. Her dog Jamie was bigger than she was. And so I uh, painted a picture of Jamie sitting on Stephanie. I don't do faces very well, but her face was kind of hidden. Anyway, you can have me do a painting of your pet or something else. You know, let's get creative. All right. But I do need you to support the show. If you listen, if you like it, please support the show because that's how I live. All right. And wow, we made it to the end. (laughs) I wasn't sure I was going to get through today. I'll tell you that. All right. um, I'll leave you with the news. Tomorrow, Drift Glass will be here because I thought we were overdue for a visit from Drift Glass. So you never know what you're going to get when Drift Glass is here. So we'll just go with it because it's, I guess, turning out to be kind of a silly week. All right. So um, thank you, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. Here's the news. I read the news today. It's time for Nicole Sandler's What's News from NicoleSandler.com and the Progressive Voices Network. Well, if it's Monday, Russia is celebrating Victory Day. Yeah, don't get any ideas. It's the anniversary of the Soviet Union's defeat of Nazi Germany in World War II. So they celebrate in Russia. So Putin is celebrating with a speech in Red Square defending Russia's invasion of Ukraine as necessary to protect the homeland. He proclaimed eastern Ukraine to be Russian territory. Russia also celebrated Victory Day in Mariupol, but without a parade. What Putin didn't do is what the media was hyperventilating over for the past few days. They worried that Putin would, but Putin did not declare official war against Ukraine, and he did not announce an escalation. Instead, he defended his military action in Ukraine as, quote, necessary, timely, and the only right solution. So this weekend, we saw Russia completing its assault on and destruction of Mariupol after the last 300 civilians were evacuated from the steel factory where they'd been taking shelter pretty much since the invasion began at the end of February. Typically, Victory Day is celebrated with thousands of troops assembling outside the Kremlin. This year appeared it was a little more low-key than usual, but they still had a parade and military and all that. But it came after 60 civilians were likely killed this weekend when a Russian aircraft dropped a bomb on yet another school, this one in Luhansk. There were a few surprises of the pleasant variety in Kiev this weekend. First, First Lady Dr. Jill Biden took a detour from her trip to Romania and Slovakia to pay a Mother's Day visit to the First Lady of Ukraine. Alina Zelenska, who hadn't been seen publicly since the invasion began on February 24th. Dr. Biden's stop in the border town of Uzhorod is aimed at providing an emotional boost to Kyiv and follows visits by high-ranking U.S. officials, including the Secretary of State and Defense Secretary. And there were other visitors, too. On Sunday, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau visited with Vladimir Zelensky and in a subway station in Kyiv, Bono and the Edge of U2 performed a mini concert for the many people who were on the platform. And they were joined by the lead singer of the Ukrainian band Antilla, a guy named Tomas Topelia, who performed with Bono 
and the edge. Also on Sunday, both Presidents Biden and Zelensky appeared in a virtual G7 conference where all the G7 countries, U.S., Canada, Japan, France, Germany, Italy, and Great Britain, all agreed to phase out Russian oil and gas imports in response to this invasion. The White House also announced broader sanctions against Russian industries crucial to Russia's military. Here at home, Congress is back in session and they're ready to work. Well, some of them are. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer is filing cloture on Monday to set up a vote on Wednesday in the Senate to codify Roe v. Wade into law. The only problem is it won't pass. They already know there are not the votes to get there. And Mitch McConnell is pouring more fuel on the fire. In an interview with USA Today published Saturday, McConnell said that a nationwide abortion ban was possible if Republicans were to take back control of Washington. Well, those comments definitely lit a fire under the Democrats. They're now on the offensive, hoping that the Republicans have overplayed their hands. So this is Schumer's strategy to get every Senate Republican on the record of being in favor of overturning the precedent set 49 years ago in Roe v. Wade. It's now time for our regular public service announcement. Say it with me. You may be done with COVID, but COVID isn't done with you. So the Biden administration is issuing a new warning that the U.S. could potentially see 100 million more COVID-19 infections this fall and winter. And officials are publicly stressing the need for more funding from Congress to combat the virus. With an anticipated rise in cases driven by yet another offshoot of the Omicron subvariant BA2, experts say now is not the time to loosen precaution measures, especially as so many people are attending graduations and other large gatherings this month. So protect yourself and the people around you. And election season is here. Tuesday is primary day in Nebraska and West Virginia. In Nebraska, everyone's watching the Republican race for governor. A guy named Charles Herbster is a rancher and businessman who was endorsed by the former guy and is facing multiple allegations that he inappropriately touched women, go figure. Trump stood by him even after the Nebraska Examiner reported back in April that seven women including Republican State Senator Judy Slama, had accused Herbster of groping them at political events or beauty pageants. And an additional woman even accused him of kissing her forcibly. In six cases, at least one eyewitness corroborated the women's allegations. Of course, Herbster has denied them, calling them 100% false. Meanwhile, Donald Trump Jr., is scheduled to be deposed on Tuesday as part of a class action lawsuit alleging that some members of the Trump family collaborated with a fraudulent marketing company. Would they do that? Donald Trump and his two adult sons have agreed to sit for depositions in May and June. The former guy agreed to be deposed on June 16th, while Eric will sit for questioning on May 12th. Oh, to be a fly on the wall. I got the- And that's just a bit of what's news for now.
I'm Nicole Sandler. If you appreciate these reports and the Nicole Sandler Show, I hope you'll consider making a contribution. My work is 100% listener-supported, and I can't do it without your help. Find out more at NicoleSandler.com, and please click on that Donate button.